0: you hit record? (laughs) I'm not stopping it this time. (laughs) This is John Summerall, head football coach at Troy. You're listening to the Fun Belt Podcast. If you didn't know before, now you know why they call this the Fun Belt. very excited about the Sun Belt. You know, while other conferences have been breaking up, our conference has become stronger. The state of Sun Belt football is the strongest in our
1: history. I saw Fun Belt Conference, and I'm like, I don't know what this is i got to join the show. It It sounds a lot of fun. Fun Belt Podcast listeners, listen up. This is our 100th broadcast. 100 perfect bits of analysis, penetrating insight from your Fun Belt PC gang of three with me. Dusty Thibodeau from the Warhawk Report, Shane Metlin from the Daily News Record. My name is Jeremy Harper. I'm from HowlRazor.com. Gentlemen, congratulations. 100 episodes. Wow, that means we can get syndicated, right?
2: And 99% of the time, we're going to record the entire episode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes, we have a 99% success rate for hitting the record button. (laughs) (laughs) I thought <laughs> everybody could say pretty
0: that. Pretty good.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. Thank Our you and apologies. good night. <laughs> Our apologies to the monarchists. Man, we had a great interview with those guys, man. Yeah, oh, we did. Was possibly the most revealing, insightful, thoughtful interview that we've ever done on PC Podcast. Just <clears> had <throat> a little bit of a snafu pressing the old record button. We'll have them back, right? They'll come back. We'll, we'll get
2: them again. Yeah. Yeah. That we their need their incentive to go out and win. We need to revisit that conversation and let them reveal more of the, the real Ricky Ronnie that we don't see in right. post game press conferences. Yeah, we got um, the it inside
1: was, scoop of Ricky yeah, Ronnie.
2: It's it's a shame, but
1: and I'm I'm sure OD is gonna come up with another big win this year, and we can bring him back on and they can brag about that, that'd be great. But yeah, just didn't get it this time. You know what? It's like uh, You know, when you're a batter and you hit 300, I mean, that means seven out of 10 times you're striking out or getting out, right? And we're batting 990, right? That's pretty good.
0: And we're part of the Believe Network.
1: Yes, yes. Part of the Believe Network company, man. But yeah, 100 episodes. Congratulations. A true testimony to our wherewithal in in this fierce podcasting landscape. Speaking of fierce, speaking of fierce landscapes, Sunbelt Soccer, where are we, Dusty Thibodeau? Hmm.
0: We still have two teams. Uh-huh. They're not flawless, but they're not notching losses there. Oh, With okay. Old Dominion, no surprise, five zero and 2 leading the East and the West. South Alabama, seven zero and one Jeremy, your your beloved Red Wolves struggling on the pitch as much as they are on the gridiron, two, three, and one. While the Warhawks four, one, and two in second place. All right, James Madison sitting as perfectly at five hundred as you could. Three, <laughs> two, and three.
1: All right, I'm actually looking forward to the soccer. Yes, Arkansas State's not playing as well as they have in the past, but they they're kind of a young team. A Little scrappy. They they don't score a whole lot of goals.
0: We'll see. How Arkansas it State's a bowling school, anyway.
1: Really are. You know, they they in the game against Memphis. They brought down the bowling team and they received the accolades they deserved from the adoring fans. Made me very excited to see the bowling uh, season start.
0: My last trip to good old Monroe. I have to go through. Nacogdoches, Texas, home of SFA. And every time I go through there, I chuckle thinking of the bowling drama that went on there.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Nothing Uh, like a bowling sex scandal. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) It's the sexiest of sex scandals. (laughs) Uh, Well, that was our, our soccer highlight. But I believe we have some volleyball news that we want to expand on.
0: Tips? We're one week away from the start of Sunbelt Conference Action. App State, the team to beat, not only in the Sunbelt at a perfect nine and 0 they're one of only fourteen teams amongst the NCAA D one ranks, still flawless. Nice. So always good to see that. Georgia Southern one slip up eight and one. Everyone else, at least two losses. Poor T Roy, one and seven on the
2: year.
1: Roy? One and seven.
2: I'll throw it out there, too, that um, you got Texas State, James Madison, been getting votes in the top 25 poll. Talked to Keith Gill the other day. He's excited about volleyball and their opportunity to maybe get two teams into the NCAA tournament. They just missed on it last year. Texas State was one of the last ones out. Right now, JMU and Texas State both have some very quality wins and tough schedules. That at-large bid might be a real possibility for volleyball this year.
1: Now, is it true, Shane Metlin, that James Madison has built a volleyball-only facility, and it's kind of cool? It is. Okay. Yes, I, I they do I was... have they do
2: have offices for other sports in there, but uh, it, <laughs> it's a volleyball-specific arena. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh,
1: so, uh, speaking of cool and JMU, very disheartened to learn that our man Noah Fleischman has moved on from JMU, taking a position covering. North Carolina. North Carolina State rather. What, what are we gonna it? do without Noah Fleischman? He was our North Star, gentlemen.
2: Oh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have we'll have to have him back at some point. Yeah. The, some Sunbelt team will play NC State and something and we'll we'll call upon Noah.
1: Well, I believe uh, I believe Mac was it Mac Mac Jones? Is it Mac Jones? Who's the guy from North Carolina?
2: Mac Brown. Mac Brown. Mac Brown. He's only been coaching for like 50 years. Like it's
1: yeah, but I don't pay attention to guys outside of the Sun Belt. I really don't, but uh, yeah, but uh, you know, Mac Brown was like, Hey, man, we're not going to play uh, Appalachian State anymore. Maybe it's North Carolina State's turn, so maybe that's what's going to happen. And then we'd have a good excuse to have Noah on the show. We could talk about Appalachian State versus North Carolina State.
2: That might be on a future schedule already.
1: Uh, speaking of the schedule. Guys, do you know what it's time for? It's the most exciting part of
2: the week. Before we get
0: into it, though, Jeremy.
1: Oh, you want to, you want to say something else?
0: Okay, I do. All right. <laughs> Noah leaves just in time for James Madison to take over the top spot of our Fun Belt 5 weekly <laughs> poll that we release yeah. every week on the good old X platform. Uh, <laughs> Number two team this week, Marshall. The Thunder okay. Herd sitting at 2-0. and oh. They get a buy, but that was a huge win for the league over East Carolina. We'll preview that East Carolina gets some more Sunbelt action this upcoming week. Georgia Southern, another 2-0 and team, another big win over American, going and taking care of UAB. The Warhawks, the other 2-0 and team, the only undefeated team in the West there, Jeremy. They're yes. coming in at number four. <laughs> and number five, the one that gave us the most grief. There was the most, are you serious? The Monarchs left for dead, but the <laughs> Monarchs are able to cook up that 1-0 and win in Sunbelt Conference action, downing the Cajuns in week two.
1: You know, we gave the Monarchs and ODU so much shit. Talked about how terrible they were. They're going to be the worst team in the Sunbelt, certainly the worst team in the East. And now, you know, they've got this quarterback from Fordham. Where the hell did this guy come from? And now to use like flexing,
0: we're all monarchs.
1: <laughs> we should be ashamed <laughs> of ourselves. <laughs> I'm not, but we should be.
2: <laughs> I, I'm not overreacting about one week okay. too much right. quite yet.
1: I get it. But, it's only. It was impressive. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I get it. All right, now do I have permission to introduce the most exciting moment of the week? Dusty Thibodeau, do I have that permission now?
0: You already gave it away. It was episode 100. Or is there something else?
1: Yes, yeah, there's something else. It's a little something I like to call second and short. <laughs> and see, I put a gong on that. So yeah. that makes it really dramatic. So it's like second and short. Um, And it's very dramatic, right?
2: Yes, very
0: much so.
1: Guys, you know how second and short works. What, What, Shane, what?
2: I was going to say, do you do the gong after each, like, two minutes?
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, well, no. Yeah, I try.
2: I try to get that gong in there. It's
1: my favorite sound
2: effect. We don't actually time it anymore, do we?
1: It's all in my head. It's all right here, the internal clock. So you guys you guys are still constrained to two minutes analyzing these teams, but the clock is right here in the old noggin. So okay. I don't have it out. Just know for sure that's about two minutes. It's anywhere between a minute 15 and five minutes. That's really what it is. So <laughs> maybe that's... all right. You know how second and short works. We go through the schedule for the week. If it's a Sunbelt West team, Tibbs goes first if it's a Sundelt East t- team, Shane goes first. We break it down. I do a little intro and are you guys ready for second and short? Oh yes. <laughs> first game up guys on the Big 10 network. This this could be a pretty good. This could be a pretty good game. I I feel like there's an upset in the making here cuz the home team I don't think is playing very well. Georgia Southern At Wisconsin, 11 a.m. a.m., Big Ten Network, Badgers are a 19-point favorite. But Davis Brin, Sunbelt Offensive Player of the Week, is doing a great job at Georgia Southern. They're going to do the cheese raid up in Madison. I got to throw it to you, Shane. Is this an upset that we should be looking at, or am I just smelling
2: bad cheese? I mean, like we said on the last episode, Georgia Southern's been the most impressive team so far. Like, <laughs> I'm still not convinced they're if they're the best, but they've performed the best so far. Clay Helton, 1-0 and against the Big Ten at Georgia Southern. I think they've got a shot in this one. I mean, Wisconsin's better than Nebraska, but <laughs> yes. it's a team that shouldn't be, like, very intimidated by going into a huge stadium and seeing lots of red. We'll put it that way.
1: Absolutely. Tim's. what do you think?
2: I like the Eagles on the points, but
0: I, I think that Wisconsin just gets it done. I, I have kind of that same feeling going into the Nebraska game that we saw last year, though, where we didn't really give them much of a shot. They obviously shocked the world. They dominated the game. It could happen again, and it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I definitely like the Eagles to cover that 19 point. See, Tim's.
1: here's what I think. I think if... The Eagles pull off the upset. You've got to commit to our listeners that you will eat an entire wheel of cheese on
2: Tuesday.
0: Considering we don't have video for the show, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean you can fake it.
2: Nobody has to know. It could be like a small wheel of brie or something.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm talking hard
2: cheddar, man. Uh, I'm
1: talking okay. about you don't take a take a poop for like two weeks afterwards. It's just you just clogged. Next game. I, 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 you know, I don't, this could be another upset. I don't know because suddenly Old Dominion is just the best team in the Sun Belt. Wake Forest, at Old Dominion, at Old Dominion guys, 11 a.m., ESPN 2. The Deacons, 13 and a half point favorites. The Monarchs, as we learned in that interview that we didn't record, they've got the new offensive coordinator. Everybody's excited about the offensive coordinator. Everybody's excited about the quarterback that's come in. Demon Deacons, they have a very well-balanced offense, and they're scoring better than 35 points a game. I don't know if ODU has the defense to repel such an offense. What do you
2: think, Shane? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Wake Forest is pretty decent. I Ooh. think it's going to be a little bit of a challenge. I mean, I'm not not world beaters, not necessarily ACC champions or anything, but I think they're like a solid – going to a bowl ACC team. They've got a good quarterback. Mitch Griffiths happens to be mm-hmm. the older brother of James Madison, third string quarterback, Brett Griffiths, who uh, transferred from Wake Forest because <laughs> he didn't want to compete with his brother for the job. But uh, yeah, this I, is
1: the kind of inside information we need. Thank you,
2: Shane. Yes, of course I, I'm getting off on a tangent, but I, I think it'll be a competitive game, but I think Wake Forest might just be a little too good for ODU.
1: Tips, do you feel the same way, or do you feel like there might be some monarch magic?
2: Never count out the
0: monarchs. We saw that last okay. week where we we thought they were dead, but mm-hmm. this is a two and zero Wake Forest team that's already beaten Vanderbilt, and and so you got to think that they have a little bit of seasoning under their belt. They're ready to go. Nothing surprises me anymore, but I I think this is Demon Deacons. They're they're going to move to three and zero.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you were able to say that without the monarchs, the Monarchists' presence, because they were big on this game, guys. They were ready. <laughs> they were ready to beat those demon deacons. <laughs> so after those eleven o'clock game, guys, we gotta wait till two thirty until the next game. East Carolina, who we just saw at Appalachian State, ooh, tough place to play. It Boone, two thirty p.m. ESPN plus. The Mountaineers are given the nine and a half point. Favorite is this when the Mountaineers just finally kind of wake up? You know they've been sleepwalking a little bit. Is this when the Mountaineers and Sean Clark finally got to get it together and they beat up on the Pirates? Some um, Shane, what do you
2: think? I think I think App State's going to win, and I think if they get rolling, they're not going to take their foot off the gas against. Us. You know this is a rivalry. I mean it's a it's the you know East versus West North Carolina rivalry. To you know does quote-unquote mid-majors of the uh, state where there's four ACC teams and um, there's a next kind of in line as far as like uh, getting the attention in North Carolina. So it's a big deal for these programs. And I think App State at home is going to take care of business in this one. You know,
1: uh, the Mountaineers, they're they're coming off that really tough overtime loss to North Carolina. Do you think they just take the frustration out on – On the pirates
0: i think so and i I think that east carolina showed last week when they were playing marshall they're just not the same east carolina of old i think this is the year where they're going to take their lumps especially from the sunbelt teams (laughs) and app state sean clark get the big in-state win and another big one over the american for the good old fun belt
2: i think if marshall's putting up 31 on ecu then App State's going to put up 40.
1: Okay, all right. This That statement is pregnant with hidden meaning. I love it. <laughs> half an hour later, maybe the biggest game of the of the whole year. Right here, Warhawks at Texas A&M. 3 p.m., SEC Network. The Aggies, all right, their favorite, 36 and a half points. But let me tell you something. The Sunbelt has a history. Of embarrassing Texas A M, starting in two thousand eight with the Red Wolves pulling off an upset, and then last year with the Mountaineers taking care of business against the Aggies. Does uh, does the Warhawks? Do the Warhawks have a chance, Thibodeau?
0: No way, oh, come because on. <laughs> the Aggies have been really good at stopping the run, and the run is the only offense the Warhawks have really had. Yeah, I don't see where this is the game that their passing attack starts coming to fruition. So as soon as the Aggies can stop the run of the Warhawks, that offense is dead in the water, and so are the hopes of ULM coming home to celebrate another SEC win.
1: Yeah, the, you know, Jimbo Fisher gets the elbow dropped on him by Miami last week. Probably not not in the best of moods, coming back to college station Shane does a grouchy Jim uh, Jimbo Fisher and a desperate Aggies mean uh, instant loss for ulM or do the Warhawks have something under their sleeves with the wily Terry Bowden at the helm
2: I I'm with Tibbs. I don't think I don't think ulM has the offense to uh, to hang around in on this one and and like you said in your intro ooh there's the Sunbelt history of upsetting the Aggies. Unfortunately for ULM, that happened last year, and I'm sure every Aggie has heard about that all week. <laughs> and they will. <laughs> <There> <laughs> is, will not let it happen again.
1: Yes, there's a bad taste that they probably <clears throat> want to wash out of their mouths. I do believe the Warhawks will acquit themselves quite honorably in defeat. I, I, I do. I think, I think the Warhawks have a defense that's a little bit flying under the radar. At that same time, gentlemen, the same time we see that kickoff between the Warhawks and the Aggies, we have a game here that, mm, I, I don't know, probably just as interesting. Maybe there's some revenge factoring going on. Tulane at. No, 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 that's not right. Yeah, yeah no, isn't Southern Miss at Tulane?
0: Nope. That was there last year nope. when they upset oh, okay, them on okay, their home okay, turf. I got it right.
1: Two-lane at Southern Miss, 3 p.m. ESPNU. The Green Wave are given a 13-point spread. Yeah, the Green Wave have looked pretty good. Even in that loss against uh number 20 old Miss, where they were leading for quite a bit. Um of course they get punished by the AP oh, one loss. When you when you're when you're the G five, you get one loss, you immediately get bounced out of the of the of the pole. But whatever. We don't have to talk about that. Southern Miss not looking particularly great these first two weeks. The Southern Miss and Tulane, do they have a good game? And I'll give, leave it up to you, Tibbs. Tibbs, tell us, is this gonna be a good game at all?
0: Possibly. So Michael Pratt was out last week for the Tulane Green Wave when they played Ole Miss That's but he's true. back this week. Mm-hmm. Is he 100% though? Also can Southern Miss shake that beat down they took in Tallahassee to move forward knowing that Frank Gore showed uh, that he might be human after all. He's not the freak that we're we're used to seeing. Yeah. I think those are the big questions that have to be answered. I lean heavily, though, towards the green wave, getting the bell back and taking it back to New Orleans.
1: Mm, so does Tulane get that sweet, sweet revenge? The Southern Miss, one of two teams to be on last year. Shane, what do you think?
2: I I think 13 points is a pretty hefty line. I think Southern <laughs> Miss is going to cover, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Tulane gets out of there with a victory. Um, but, you know... Southern Miss took it on the chin against what I think could be the best team in the country so far with Florida State. I don't know if we know anything about Southern Miss from that game, but we do know Southern Miss beat Tulane last year. I think it's going to be close. I think, you know, the Rock is going to be rocking and it's going to be a close one.
1: Now, did... Southern Miss pay you to say the rock is going to be rocking. Are you getting a little money under the table for that?
2: No, I should have.
1: <laughs> send an invoice. <laughs> Let's see if they pay it. Yeah. All uh, right. Two hours later, you know, we got to wait for the next wave of games. I I don't know if this game's interesting or not. Simply because I I I don't really follow Charlotte very much. It's Georgia State at Charlotte, five PM, ESPN plus. The Panthers, seven and a half point favorites, probably based on the strength of Darren Granger right now. The guy's just playing lights out. Yes, Marcus Carroll, the Panthers running back, he's having he had a very strong game, three touchdowns on hundred yards rushing against UConn. Charlotte had a quick start against Maryland last week. But then they kind of fell unceremoniously, thirty-eight to twenty. I think they scored the first two touchdowns and then run out of gas. I honestly don't know what to expect from this game, guys. Shane, what do you think?
2: I mean, I'm still not very high on Charlotte. their Their new coach Biff is a uh, quite a character. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think, I think this is a game that Georgia State should win. It was a game Georgia State definitely should have won last year, and they didn't, so we'll see what happens.
1: That sounds like the (laughs) ultimate assessment of the Panthers. (laughs) Do you agree that that, that the Panthers should win this game and maybe won't?
0: Very much so. But I think that Georgia (laughs) State, at least early on, looks like they've kind of turned the corner. I know that they haven't necessarily played the most impressive schedule so far, but – they are sitting at 2-0, having won a close game against FCS Rhode Island, and then kind of uh, had that that blowout somewhat win over UConn. Maybe this is Georgia State kind of turning the page, turning the corner, and and they're able to get it done against Charlotte. I think it all depends on, on Darren Granger and, and what kind of game he has, though, because that seems to be their biggest offensive threat, and – how he plays, once again, is how good or how bad the Panthers could be.
1: I tell you what, if the Panthers do win this game, if 3-0, I, I don't know if that's their best start ever. I'd have to look back, but it's a great start regardless. That that should probably give Sean Elliott a lot of confidence, a lot of head-butting confidence going into conference conference play. So that'll be an interesting game to watch and see what happens. 6 p.m., ESPN, ESPN Plus, and, guys, the Big 12 network. If you tune in, you're going to see South Alabama at Oklahoma State. This is kind of a surprising line to me. Seven and a half points for the Cowboys. South Alabama not playing particularly well, waiting for them to wake up. Kind of thought that defense would be a little bit stronger. Kind of thought Carter Bradley would be playing at a higher level. Oklahoma State, uh, maybe struggling a little bit, although they are 2-0, but they haven't looked fantastic in either win. The South Alabama have a chance, Tibbs, of beating that 7.5-point spread and possibly even beating the Cowboys?
0: I like to think so. Ooh. But I can't bring myself to pick the jaggy wires right now. Two weeks in, and I'm already heartbroken. <clears throat> I'm, I'm drinking the Alka-Seltzer, eating Tums like there's no tomorrow damn it governor you have me thrown in the towel already
1: oh no I hate it when this these things happen to you Tibbs it's like your your spirit gets crushed it's just hard to witness it's like watching a man lose his faith Shane bring him back to the light
2: this is when we see The South Alabama we were going we thought we were going to see. (laughs) They they, you know, last week was the FCS. It was FCS, right? Yeah, yeah. They played yeah. They they probably didn't show a whole lot. They were they were mad about the two-lane game. They've been looking at this one. Oklahoma State's not that good. They're okay. They're not that good. South Alabama is going to have an opportunity to kick a game-winning field goal in this one, and they're going to kick it, and they're going to yeah. celebrate a 5-5 victory.
1: Oh, okay. I believe well, who, who's their kicker? It's Diego something, right? I know he has a yes. fantastic name.
2: But uh, yeah,
1: okay. I bet she, Tibbs. That should make you feel a lot better having Shane's endorsement of the governor.
0: Or I like the it, subtle it, jab, huh? referencing back to last season's heartbreaking loss. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. but, very clever yeah. from the Pulitzer Prize writer yeah. right there. Very nice. Yeah. All right, at the same time, guys. The Blazers come in for a double dip of Sunbelt beatdown, right? Louisiana at UAB 6 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Blazers favored by three. The Trent Dilfers favored by three over Louisiana. The Cajuns kind of lo- the 2023 Cajuns kind of looking like the 2022 Cajuns right now. Can you UAB, one, rebound from that loss to Georgia Southern? And two, can the Cajuns kind of find, I don't know, some mojo behind Ben Wooldridge and find a way to douse those Blazers?
0: I think Tims. the bigger thing to watch on this game, we know the Cajuns lost last week at Old Dominion. This Mm -hmm. one's at UAB. Is this a team that can only play at home? I think it's still too early to kind of make that determination, but I think that's the bigger key to see. We know they have the talent. We don't know what happened last week with that secondary where Old Dominion was just scorching them on the deep ball, but you definitely got to think that Coach Dez got that straightened out for this upcoming third-week game and the big game against the Americans UAB. I like the Cajuns, but but I'm also – Kind of keeping them at our arm's distance to see are they a team that can play on the road.
1: Shane is Mike DeJourmo. DeJourmo, is he? Kind of, DeShmo, is he kind of on a Hottish seat? If he doesn't perform well against UAB,
2: <clears throat> I don't know if he's on hotish seat in week three. But I think, I think, I think the Cajuns need to win this one. Mm -hmm. Just to just to get get that mojo you were talking about back, but UAB kind of needs to win this one too. I mean, it's (laughs) you know they're both coming off what I think is probably disappointing losses to their fan bases last week. Although, you know, I'll say it again, I think Georgia Southern has performed as well as anybody in the league right now. Um, But I'm sort of with Tibbs. I think it's going to be. Close, I think the line's probably pretty appropriate. If if Louisiana can kind of tighten up that pass defense a little bit, I think they've got a good shot of getting back on track in this one.
1: Yeah, isn't it strange? I mean, we think I know Tibbs and I. We've been in the you know the Sun Belt community for a long time. We kind of think of the Cajuns as a, a team, a defensive team, and the last two years, not quite meeting up that Cajun standard. So, you know. Be interesting to see if they can finally shore up that defense and put out a good defensive effort. Also at six PM, no spread given for this game. I'm sure there are places that will give you a spread. I couldn't find a spread. Duquesne? Am I pronouncing that right, Tibbs? Duquesne. You are. Duquesne. see Is it? Is this a Louisiana school?
0: Duquesne. It is not.
1: It is. Okay. But you can see why I would think that.
0: No, I can't. Yeah.
1: Come on, it's a weird name. And weird names come out of Louisiana. It's Duquesne. Duquesne at Coastal Carolina, 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Coastal coasted to victory over Jacksonville State. And uh n- behind that, maybe not a spectacular effort from Grayson McCall. He had 260 yards and a touchdown. You know, I, we were talking about it last week. If the Shams could win every game by one point, they probably would do it. They just seem very casual right now. I suspect they're going to beat Duquesne by more than one point. But I don't know. What do you think? Is there any challenge that, from Duquesne, Shane Metland?
2: I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, The chance are going to roll in this one. Grayson McCall throw for 400 and some yards before okay. he leaves in the fourth quarter. Right. Duquesne, by the way, is in Pittsburgh.
1: Oh, oh, of course.
2: That's they are mean. the uh, one of two Division One schools known as the Dukes.
1: Ooh. all
2: right. Is there any more they, weird they don't...
1: knowledge you want to drop about Duquesne?
2: Uh, no, not really.
1: Tim, do you have anything to add to Shane's penetrating analysis of Duquesne <laughs> at Coastal Carolina?
0: The Dukes took a whooping last week at West Virginia 56-17. They're going to take a whooping this week on the beach, on the teal field.
1: Hmm. All right. You know, I think chance win. I think they win in an unmemorable fashion, though. There's something about the chance that are kind of boring this year. Ah, speaking of boring. Stony Brook. The Seawolves visits Arkansas State. The Red Wolves, 6 p.m., ESPN+. Plus. No spread given, or at least no spread that I could find. Both are 0-2. I believe the Seawolves lost nine games last year, and I believe that's how many games Arkansas State lost. It's like almost like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other. That's what Stony Brook and Arkansas State might be. Just two programs desperate for offense, desperate for <clears throat> meeting up in Jonesboro. If Arkansas State loses this game, it will, the closest that's ever come to a riot over a football game in Jonesboro may have. Tips. Will that riot happen?
0: It was several years ago.
1: Mm, okay.
0: That the Seawolves went yes. to Baton Rouge <laughs> and won a super regional, even over LSU, to advance to the College World Series. Yes. They're going to do the same thing in football this weekend as they're at least averaging two touchdowns a game yeah. to Arkansas State's point and a half over yeah. two weeks. Yeah. That's I picked pretty- the upset and the Seawolves.
1: You know, here's the thing. I For all season long, I've been saying this mantra, the Sun Belt does not lose to the FCS. And it can finally personally bite me in the ass. Shane, do I need to buy some ass insurance?
2: No, <laughs> <laughs> the Red Wolves are going to take it out on the Sea Wolves. This is going to be Arkansas State. Well, Arkansas State will have at least one victory this year. Okay, thank you. And it'll be this week. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, at least we at least will have the win over Stony Brook, who have won five conference championships in their time in the C C A C A A. Maybe I can't remember which mm-hmm. is which. But uh, it's not like they don't know how to win. You know, they played. They've started playing football in 1984. See, I'm, I'm reaching into my Shane Mentland bag of trivia and coming out <laughs> with the pieces of information.
2: They have All a right, kind guys. of cool stadium. Do they? Okay. Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cool.
1: Right. I think
2: it's. Uh, I think they get bigger crowds for lacrosse than they do for football, though.
1: Uh, lacrosse is a fun sport to watch.
2: Yeah, they like it on Long Island. Did you know that's where Stony Brook was from?
1: No, had no idea. <laughs> I knew it was some fancy East Coast team. That's all I knew. Probably, you know, where people drink tea with their little fingers extended. I know how it is on the East Coast, Shane Metlin. Yeah. This Southerner knows how it works. Yankee <laughs> transplant. Turn Southerner. This next game, guys, it, this is important to say this, is the O'Dules. Maintain your edge game of the week. James Madison at Troy, 6 p.m., inexplicably on the NFL network. Trojans, inexplicably given a two point advantage by Vegas odds makers, which pretty much means it's a push, right? The undefeated Dukes coming off that fresh victory over Virginia. Rewarded with one vote from the AP. Congratulations, Duke. Your hard work earned you one vote. Well done. Now Kurt Signetti can bring his disdain for humanity over to Troy, where he meets John summerall who's probably a little, uh, I don't know, either seething or crestfallen fallen after the brutal loss to the Kansas State Wildcats, who aren't bad. Governor Watson, he threw another interception that game. Ended up either getting lifted or injured. I'm not sure what the story was. You can pass on the Dukes secondary. That's the only thing you can do against the Dukes. Do the Dukes king themselves, though, in Troy? I'm going to throw it to Matlin because Dukes are his boys.
2: I have no idea. <laughs> I really don't know how this one's going to play out. It's... Uh... <laughs> Kurt Signetti was not happy yesterday after That's practice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was more unhappy than usual. Okay. Um, you know, it's. I think it's going to be a tougher, a tougher game than Virginia was, Ooh. and they they didn't play very well and they squeaked by against Virginia. They'll have a tougher time at Troy, but they may be prepared to play a little bit better. I'll go with JMU pulling out a close one, but they're going to have to like show some improvement to do that.
1: Now, Tibbs, this is this is this this is sort of like uh, old uh, Shane putting on the old uh, JMU modesty here. <laughs> do you think that I I feel like Troy's in a little bit of trouble? I don't know why. I just don't feel like Troy is the same Troy it was last year. Are they going to put up a good game against the Dukes? who just looks stronger
0: than ever. I think it'll be a good game, like Shane said, like you implied. But I think this is the Dukes and Signetti's chance to showcase, hey, this should have been the championship game last year since we won the Eastern Division. Let's do it again this year. And and I think that's really going to be the mindset that Signetti has going into this game. And I think because of that, he's going to have his players up and James Madison's going to come away with the win. I think the bigger thing is to see what does Kamani Vidal do, though, and mm. can he rebound from kind of a, a bad showing there at K-State, still currently leading or second in the NCA in rushes per game or total yards o- on the season. Can he add to that
2: total? Yeah, the, the real interesting thing is, you know, nobody's run the ball on JMU in a long time. Charlie's going to want to run the ball. But that's not where JMU is vulnerable. Will Gunnar Watson be able to throw it and, you know, make some noise through the air to kind of open it up for Vidal? Because like just just trying to power through running game against JMU has not worked.
1: Yeah, you got to be able to pass. If you can pass, you can score on him. But James Madison's going to score too, so maybe it's going to be a big maybe it's going to be a big shootout. I don't know. Here's what I you should never do is you should never underestimate the radioactive power of the chip that resides on Signity's shoulder. <laughs> I think Tibbs is right. He's going to look at this game as it should have been the championship game from last year. And I'm going to show these clowns who runs the Sun Belt. That's that's. That's what I think. And, and and although, you know, Summerall, I don't think he takes a lot of crap either. So this just gonna be the, hey guys, this is why this is the O'Dules maintain your edge game of the week. I mean, you don't win that distinction because it's a ho-hum mediocre game. But speaking of ho-hum mediocre games, the the, the night closes with the one. Although it's a very important ho-hum mediocre game for the Texas State Bobcats. After the big game which resulted in a dispiriting loss to UTSA a lot of injuries although G.J. Kinney has said that the injuries may not be as bad as they seemed in his little press conference in the press conference on Monday Jackson State FCS program comes in to bobcat land 7 30 ESPN 2. I'm sorry ESPN plus not 2 ESPN plus no spread found on this game, but is this the medicine that Texas state needs to get well again and be ready for the rest of the season tips? I bring it to you.
0: Viva. <laughs> I think the, the fight and Freemans rebound nicely this week. I think it's important that they kind of put the game away early because as you said, they have some injuries, so they're going to have some holes that they need to kind of play around with personnel, see what they have in those Second, third string roles, maybe shift some guys around. Just kind of see what that looks like in game situations. Perfect time, perfect game. Bobcats roll.
1: Shane, do you agree with that? Do you have do you have any like uh, devil's advocacy there?
2: No, I mean, just, you may have heard Jackson State lost some people from last year. They had a I, coach. I I can't can't remember his name, but he some is not guy. there anymore. A the, the couple other guys went with him. Um, so it might not be the kind of Jackson State team that's been there the, the past couple years. It's going to be an opportunity yeah, for, uh, for Texas State to keep some guys healthy and keep some guys who aren't healthy off the field no more than you need them as they, uh, they pull away in this one.
1: Whether or not Jackson State's the same Jackson State it was last year, Texas State wins this game. I feel like the mood out of San Marcos is going to be unnervingly positive. Like I, I'm kind of used to sort of a downtrodden mood pulsating out of San Marcos as sort of oh, I got another Texas State season. I feel this if the wind comes out on Saturday, so if the Popcats start two and one. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be feeling it, guys. I think they're gonna be feeling like maybe the Sun Belt West is something they can attain. We shall see, and guys, I want to applaud you for our hundredth episode. We've concluded yet another successful episode of Second and Short. Uh yes, congrats. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and now to celebrate right. that.
1: Oh, how are we going to celebrate, tips
0: Let's have some plugs, promos, and parting shots there, Jeremy.
1: All right. Well, I'm just going to go with a simple plug. Uh, the The second and short content is brought to you by HowRazor. I'm, I'm bringing it. HowRazor.com, the place I work with. Uh, HowRazor.com. They went ahead and forecast and previewed and provided penetrating in the analysis for all thirteen games. Check it out. We got a good preview of the Sea Wolves versus the Red Wolves. Take a look at that. Give me some hits. I'd appreciate your patronage. And I thank you very much.
0: Shane, what do you have?
2: I have a parting shot Ooh. just to talk about X League of Japan American football. Boogie Knights Soft Drink Challengers opened up their season with the 1713 win against the Tokyo Gas Creators. Two of the best names in sports, with the very best name of in sports, Boogie Knight getting off to a good start. I told you I was gonna be a fan of the X League, and I am following I'm following along.
1: Your strange <laughs> Japanese fetish yes. is flourishing here on Fun Belt PC.
0: Plug, as always, WarhawkReport.com. Active message boards with all the Warhawk fans giving their insights on how they think this week's Texas A&M game is going to go. Maybe it's a parting shot. Okay. If I were to ask you, Mm. what quarterback in the Sun Belt is currently leading the overall total offense responsibility?
1: Mm. So we each get a
0: guess, right?
1: Sure. All right, let me think about that. I, I think it's probably a toss-up between Darren Granger and TJ – oh, who's the guy for Texas State? TJ – Finley. Finley. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with TJ
2: <clears throat> I would think it would be Darren Granger, but the fact that we're asking the question makes me think it's somebody else. <laughs> mm-hmm. TJ Finley, number six overall. Okay. Averaging
0: 249 and a half a game. Darren Granger, number three, mm. averaging 265 a game. It is the Raging Cajun, Ben Woldrens. Whoa. 293 yards average a game.
2: The okay. difference
0: between him and Bryn Davis, number two, Bryn Davis only 17 rushing yards. Woldridge, 78 rushing yards.
1: wait a second. Is it Davis Brin or
0: Bryn Davis? Davis Brin.
1: Okay, thank God. Yeah. I, I've been calling him the wrong thing. But... All right, so that's a little bit of a surprise.
0: Ben Woldridge. It is. Yeah. It, and makes me think that the Cajuns can have a solid showing.
1: So Moving maybe, forward in the season. Maybe I personally have been too hard on the cajuns i i just feel like the cajuns should be a little bit better they're not who is to you tibbs before we we sign off who is the most even after two weeks it's very hard to make this assessment but which team is worrying you the most in terms of they're not quite meeting expectations
0: arkansas state honestly i i I... okay great I mean, the Oklahoma game, okay, yeah, I, I didn't think the Red Wolves were going to get the win, but I didn't think that they were just going to be absolutely beat down and and hung out to dry there. Um, I, I expected them to at least have a little bit better of a showing, and, and it just hasn't happened yet. Ah. I, you know, that's fair enough. Shane, who, who are you looking at
1: and saying, hmm, I thought these guys are going to be world beaters, and that's not happening?
2: Yeah, the, the Arkansas State choice makes sense to me. Yeah, if I got to go to a different a different angle, I even though I picked them to turn it around this week, I'll go with South Alabama. I've been disappointed with what we've seen out know, South Alabama so far, but I don't think it's going to last.
1: Yes, South Alabama's my pick on that. I, I and and it's you know what Tibbs, uh, I I understand the hurt that you have for the Jags, and I'm feeling that hurt too. I'm with you. I think. Shane is kind of a big man, doesn't like to show his feelings, but I think he's hurt by the Jags too. And I think maybe this should become like a men encounter group where we beat a bongo and just scream Jaguars or Jaguars or as loud as we can into the night and let the healing begin.
0: I'm going to go eat a can of yams in hopes that that writes the curse.